Hey friend, are you tired of having to know where the restroom is every time you go out? Are back and hip tightness limiting your activities or worse, waking you up at night? Did you know that if you are peeing more than 10 times a day or leaking pee for any reason, that isn't normal? This was news to me, my friends, because one in every three women are dealing with these issues and more. That's over 52 million women just in the United States that are suffering silently with these issues, thinking that they just have to live with this. Well, let me introduce you to my friends, Jen and Christina of Tighten Your Tinkler. You see, they know how overwhelming it can be to try and figure out how to deal with these personal and life-altering issues because they've personally dealt with these things too. After doing two and a half years of research and getting published in the Journal of Women's Health Physical Therapy, they have proven that you can heal utilizing a 10-minute-a-day routine. They're offering something special just for you. So head over to tightenyourtinkler.com and enter the code HEATHER, in all caps, H-E-A-T-H-E-R, at checkout, and you can get $50 off their signature program. Listen, this is not Kegels. You can do all of this at home easily. It's actually kind of fun. It's not painful. And you don't have to insert anything anywhere. If you're not sure what this is all about, go over to tightenyourtinkler.com. They have a five-minute root cause quiz, which can help you figure out what's going on with your body and start the journey to healing today. I hope you go check it out. It's tightenyourtinkler.com. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compared to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here the pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, welcome to the Compared to Podcast. I'm Heather Creekmore and you are listening to another one of my intuitive eating coaching calls where I talk to my two favorite coaches, Aaron Todd and Charlie Castle from the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women podcast. And they help me figure out this whole intuitive eating thing. Oh, y'all. I know some of you listeners haven't even started this kind of journey yet. And, and that's okay. Work on body image and, you know, God will, God will get to you like he did me on the food side eventually. But I've been on this journey for uh, a little over a year now. And the holidays are here again. And last year, the holidays were awesome for me. I think in intuitive eating language, they call it the honeymoon period. But I had a great time at the holidays. Uh, I enjoyed cookies. I didn't feel like I overdid it with the holiday treats. I just felt comfortable to eat what I wanted to eat and not eat what I didn't want to eat. And it was really a great time. That's lovely. But as I shared in the last call, I now have this number 
uh, my weight number. Ah! You didn't hear that episode. Go listen to last month's episode. I have it pinging around in my head and I would be lying if I didn't say that thinking about the holidays makes me revert back to old Heather who would have stressed over what was going to happen to her body size because of all of the quote unquote evil holiday food that was going to be around. And, and then in that mix, Charlotte and Aaron, let me just like push this out there too. I really am wrestling this concept of gentle nutrition and that's what that's step 10 of the intuitive eating steps, right? So there's, there's 10 steps, correct? So 10 steps is number 10, but it's like, oh, did my size get out of control? Quote unquote, using that in quotes, please hear my air quotes on that. Did my size change because I haven't figured out gentle nutrition yet? So that's, that's kind of the big ball of jumble of where I'm at today. Thanksgiving's coming right up. There's going to be all the things help. Okay. So uh, Charlie's going to talk a lot here. So just like <laughs> rein me in, interrupt me, but we got it. Like we got to dig in here. So the question of, you know, like basically we're saying like, did I not do it right? And now yeah. my body has gained weight. Yeah. That's, that's the question. Um, yeah. That's the question. Did I mess this up? And I think it's so important to go back to remembering that this is a journey and it is not something that you can mess up. Yeah, that's good. And that it's pretty normal to gain weight with intuitive eating in the beginning. I won't go and say everybody is going to do that. That's not true. Um, It is pretty normal to gain some weight. And especially if you are someone that has restricted a lot or weight cycled, if you're coming off really intense restriction, um, look at the Ansel Keys study, right? Like your body is going to crave food. It's going to tell you that you're going to eat and it's going to hold on to food because God created us in such a beautiful way that our bodies try to protect us from starvation. Yeah. So let's recognize that it is pretty normal part of the process to gain some weight when you start eating intuitively, especially if you have restricted a lot or weight cycled a lot. Yeah. So gaining some weight, you could say, you could say in that instance, like that's a sign of doing it right, air quotes, mm-hmm. right? Like that's a sign that you're in and you're doing it. Maybe you yeah. could say that. Then I will say that, and and definitely like with the honeymoon phase, when you're first eating more foods or things that were restricted before, it's normal to overeat them for a while. You're probably going to gain some weight as, as you kind of habituate with things and, and level out with things. Um, and so what I will say is there definitely could be seasons and times in your life, like in this journey with intuitive eating, that 
maybe you're not like really fully practicing all of the principles. Okay. And that doesn't mean that you're wrong or that you're doing anything wrong or that you're screwing it up. Like it happens. So I've shared a lot in my journey that, you know, I went through a season of where like I was putting my career way before like being a good steward of my body. And I like kind of got like, and I've been intuitive eating for years and my career was teaching people intuitive eating, (laughs) but like, I kind of like tuned out for a while and I wasn't, I was ignoring my body. I wasn't moving very well. Um, I, I was definitely stress eating a little bit more than I would like to. um, And I gained some weight and like, that didn't feel great. And I could recognize like, Hey, I actually wasn't following all the principles of intuitive eating very well, right? Like I wasn't listening to my body when it was telling me to move and I was overeating some. So everybody's journey is different. And like, you know, in your heart where you're at, Mm -hmm. right? Like, have I been really following the principles or, you know, am I, am I kind of ignoring my body in some ways, or am I making some choices that really aren't honoring my health? You can check in with yourself and recognize those things. And you might be able to notice, you know, yeah, some of this weight gain could be that things have been kind of off balance for me, or mm-hmm. I have been ignoring my body in some ways. Yeah. And I I invite you to ask those questions and look at that stuff as neutrally as you can, right? Like I'm neutrally observing, I'm collecting some data, I'm seeing what's going on here. Um, And then you can move forward. Yeah, I'm thinking about, (laughs) I'm going to say it, it's so embarrassing. (laughs) Um, But I'm I'm thinking about how recently I've been processing, and I think I would have done this. I know I've done this for probably decades, but recently I've been thinking about emotional eating, which I really hate that term emotional eating, right? Because I think most eating is <laughs> it's related to emotions in some way. But, but when I stress eat um, or I'm, I'm, I can't even think of a word to capture it, but that feeling of no, I just want this in my mouth. Like, I just want to feel this in my mouth. Like, (laughs) it sounds so weirdo to say out loud, but I know people understand that and probably have thought the exact same thing. But, But that's kind of one part of my equation in the gentle nutrition or in the whole intuitive eating box that I've been trying to kind of process. Like, what is that? Like, what is that? Uh, I don't know that like compulsion maybe is a good word. Well, Go ahead. Or is it a type of hunger? Hmm. Okay. So fill that out more. What do you mean by that? So there's, there's all these different types of hunger, right? There's like physical hunger. Your body needs nourishment. There's taste hunger. Like I just want that taste. There's Mm -hmm. situational hunger. Like I might not be physically hungry, but 
um, we're at a birthday party and we're having cake and like, that sounds good. And I'm hungry for that. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, um, practical hunger. Like I'm not really super hungry right now. Like I'm not quite ready to eat, but I know I'm going to be on calls for three hours and I need to eat something now to get me through that. So there's all these different types of hunger. And so maybe there's like this texture taste hunger that you're feeling Mm -hmm. like you really enjoy the pleasure of the sugar and the fat and the chocolate on your tongue. And Mm -hmm. that's not unusual. So how does that fit in gentle nutrition? (laughs) How do you connect those things? Yes. So, so this is going to go into the holidays a little bit as well. So, and there's, there's two things kind of, I want to talk about, I want to talk about like unconditional permission, like true unconditional permission to eat things that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. And then I also want to talk about, um, adding, adding to our days. Okay. Okay. So the, that true unconditional permission to enjoy that chocolate, to have things that satisfy you that are yummy and like true unconditional permission to stress eat Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. so I am Heather and I have permission to eat some chocolate when I'm feeling stressed Mm -hmm. and if you truly believe that you have permission to eat some chocolate when you're feeling stressed And you create a space to kind of check in with yourself when that's happening, right? So I've eaten two pieces of chocolate. I recognize that I am making a choice Mm -hmm. to have this um, sensory satisfaction experience because I'm feeling stressed. And I'm going to check in with myself. Do I want to keep eating the chocolate Or do I now want to move on to something else that's going to help me cope with this stress? Hmm. I am not a bad person if I keep eating the chocolate. I am totally allowed to keep eating the chocolate. Yeah. Do I want to? Yeah. And then in that moment, I always have to get deeper with myself. And I imagine that you will have to, too. If I just, if I'm thinking like, I'm not going to eat the chocolate, I'll ask, Mm -hmm. do you feel like you don't want to eat the chocolate because you're worried about your body size Mm -hmm. or that number on the scale? Mm -hmm. Or are you thinking that you don't want to eat the chocolate because um, of nutrition, because of how it's going to make your body feel, because you know, you could go eat something maybe with a little bit of protein and something that's going to last longer and might be more satisfying. Um, Like what's the, what's the draw here to either choice? Why would you choose to eat the chocolate and why would you choose not to eat the chocolate and like what's going on here? And when I can come to that conclusion, I usually get myself to a place where like I can really make an informed decision about what I'm doing, like for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not for other people, not for to change my body size, not because I'm worried about what so-and-so thinks about my eating habits. Like I can like break those things down yeah, and really make a choice knowing that like I fully, truly have the choice 
to make here. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking about a month ago, I kind of did that a little bit and it was probably the first time I've dug, dug deeper while um, the kids got into the Halloween candy before it was supposed to be open because it was on sale and I was saving it. <laughs> and anyway, they got into the candy and, um, and so it was open, you know, once there's an open bag, right. All of us former dieters know open bag is, <laughs> is the, the signal of everyone's going to go wild. Um, it can stay in there as long as it's closed bag, but when it's an open bag, then it, you know, whoo, all bets are off. And so, I was trying to finish this book for the deadline and I just kept getting up and going to the kitchen to grab another handful. And, um, and I had the, I, like, I picture myself, I have stopped our pantry is a walk-in pantry and I'm standing in the pantry, like ready to like reach in. And I was like, is this really going to help me meet this deadline? Is this really going to help me write? Like I'm having a hard time finding the words. I'm frustrated. I'm like kind of swirling like, oh, am I going to get this all done? Is this really going to help me get it all done? And I had the thought, I was like, no, of course it's not. But I kind of want a couple pieces anyway. Okay. And, and so I, I was intellectual with myself. I'm like, no, this isn't helping me. But I took three more pieces back to my desk. And really after that, I was okay. I didn't go back again. I ate those three pieces. And, and, I, and I mean, that was my second, I don't know, second or third trip. But it did help me to kind of have that conversation with myself. And then I gave myself permission to have a little bit more. It kind of like a pacifier right? Uh, like I need a little uh, bit more soothing. I'm not quite ready to tackle this project alone without my chocolate, Yeah, but I know I can do it. And I know that peppermint patties actually don't help me <laughs> be a better writer in, in any, you know, direct yeah. way, um, aside from comforting me on the journey. Yeah. And what's important there is like, you give yourself permission to have the peppermint patties to comfort you on the journey. And the more, like, the more you have that conversation with yourself of like, oh, okay, now I'm like feeling, I'm feeling drawn to the peppermint patties. You already know, right? Like, oh, this is a stress response for me. I know this is a stress response for me. Um, What that has created for me is like, okay, I'm going to the chocolate. I know this is a stress response or this is like my procrastination because I need to do a hard thing. And so I'll talk with myself about it. And typically I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a couple pieces of this chocolate because it's going to be comforting and it's going to feel good right now. And then the next question I ask is, what's something productive, what's something a little bit more productive coping mechanism Mm -hmm. that I can do right now to help me through this hard thing? Yeah. So what's something else that could help you through the frustration of not being able to get the words down? Yeah. You know that the chocolate does help momentarily. That's, it does help. So what if you have a couple pieces of chocolate and then what's something else that you can move on to. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't really know because I think my battle is I sometimes think, okay, I could go take a walk, but then again, that feels like procrastination, right? It's like, but I've got to, got to write this. I can't write this while walking. So at least chocolate, I can stay at my desk and work while I'm stressing. Um, I do think, you know, honestly, I think part of my deliberations were like, I just really need God to help me do this. Right. And the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is going to be much better helper for me to get this done than York peppermint <laughs> <laughs> well, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and so I, I do think I prayed in that moment as well. When I got back to my just like, hey, God, just help me, help me See? do this. <laughs> yeah. That was such a beautiful illustration of like food still being a gift and a comfort to us, but God being the ultimate comforter there. Like that, that, like that, your experience of that, um, is the perfect illustration for that, Heather. And it's making me think of kind of, you know, I know we talk about nutrition being kind of broader as nourishment because nutrition makes at least me think diety things. Mm-hmm. But your illustration with the um, chocolate and the peppermint patties is like food was nourishing you in that moment and giving you a comfort and giving you um, like a little gift in that moment. And like that's something beautiful to be acknowledged. And that's like a depth of food a layer of it that's beyond just the nutrition of it. Like the value of that food was beyond the macros um, in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Cause you know, the deeper well for gifts like that and more lasting comfort and um, just something that isn't going to run out like the bag of chocolate eventually would like mm-hmm. it's God yeah. for the comfort there. So I, I think, especially for holidays. For me, that's one of the main distinctions that's going on with food for me for the holidays is recognizing the nourishment value of something over just the nutritional value. And for me, I I almost don't even like saying gentle nutrition anymore because nutrition is like a diety word to me sometimes if I'm in a bad mood. (laughs) And really what I mean for that and really what the goal is, is nourishment, which is kind of more of a whole health picture of Mm -hmm. your physical nutrition stuff. Yeah, I think I think we need to flesh that out a little bit because I think someone heard you say nourishment and thought sugar isn't nourishing. Like, you know, sugar's not helping anyone out. Like sugar, you know, all the things we hear. Hold on, hold on. I got a dietitian here that can tell you exactly (laughs) why that sugar is nourishing you and how it's doing that. Hit (laughs) them. Yeah, well, what Aaron was getting at is like this holistic nourishment, right? Like we're talking about like the Holy spirit nourishing your soul. We're talking about the experience of sitting at the table um, around Christmas with people that you love or going to coffee with a girlfriend around Christmas and like the nourishment that comes from those beautiful relationships. Um, Sugar absolutely nourishes you. Let's talk about how like glucose is the number one source of energy for your brain. Mm -hmm. You must have glucose to live. So (laughs) sugar is absolutely nourishment. And all foods are nourishment in some way. And they're nourishing different parts of our bodies and like different parts of ourselves. So 
as you're moving into thinking about the holidays, Heather, and holiday eating and um, gentle nutrition and, and nourishment, how, how do I gently consider my nutrition over the holiday season, right? Yeah. Well, we think about what we can add to the holiday season and not like, what can I stay away from, right? Like, what can I take away? So for me, like an example of gentle nutrition around the holidays, what can I add? Something that has kind of been a staple in my life in the past is like um, eating donuts and having coffee with a group of girlfriends that I have. And um, that's just a celebratory thing of the donut gang. I know if we're getting together, we're eating the donuts and I love it. And it is so incredibly nourishing. And also there's not a ton of nutrition in the donuts and there's no protein in the donuts. And if I eat two, three donuts with them and drink coffee, like I feel like shaky and now like crash later and that does not feel good for me. And so thinking about gentle nutrition going into those moments is I scramble up some eggs to eat with the donuts. Then I just added some protein. I added some more vitamins and minerals. And like, I feel pretty good on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I could even, I could even like increase the nutrition more by throwing some chopped spinach and some peppers into those eggs. Um, so I just took a situation that from dieting standards for sure would be like bad holiday behavior, right? Sitting around eating donuts and drinking coffee with my friends. And I looked at that and like how I feel if I just do that, not great. How can I add nutrition into that situation? So I love the idea too of um, like, I love, like, I'm a dietitian at heart. And when I get down to like what the pure, if I can, if you can separate, I know this is hard, but I think I'm getting there in my career. Like, if you can separate diet culture from like nutrition, it's so exciting because I can get excited now about like, how can I beef up this nutrition? Like, how can I add fruits or vegetables to this to make it more packed with nutrition and I'm not thinking about changing my body size. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, I think to some extent I've been trying to do that. It it really is. I think the distinction that maybe we understand, but I just want to spell it out if anyone's listening today and ha- didn't go there yet. The distinction is between restricting and adding, mm-hmm. right? And and a lot of us come into this intuitive eating journey like I did, where it's like restrict, restrict, restrict. What do I need to leave out? Mm-hmm. And then intuitive eating feels like it preaches at like just the free for all, right? Mm-hmm. Which again, that's not truly intuitive eating, right. you know, but, but this whole, like that you still need to add, like the adding thing and being intentional about what you add. Like, I think that's really helpful. I shared last month how um, a listener had sent me a message. I think in the episode, I think I had shared that I had like a half a bagel with peanut butter for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she actually said that might be triggering for someone. So I apologize if that was triggering for anyone. That's never my goal. Um, as I share honestly, but, um, 
but she suggested that I start eating more for breakfast and for Mm -hmm. lunch. And so I have been putting more effort into adding more Mm -hmm. at breakfast and adding more at lunch. And it has been interesting to see how it really does make a difference in terms of what I want to eat in the afternoon in that, especially in that vulnerable time when I am working because I do most of my work in the afternoon. I school my kids in the morning and then I, I do writing and such in the afternoon. And, um, and that's the time (laughs) I go for, go for all the things. Um, your body's hungry because my body's hungry. And because I'm doing brain work, I want sugar because I want the glucose. My brain needs help. I think about all those times, all those weeks and months I worked without having enough, enough glucose. Although I don't know, I think I got it some way. I think, you know, that's, that's a whole nother episode thinking about how I used to trick myself into thinking I was healthy, but then I would have these binges that weren't healthy and how that all balanced out. I don't know, but anyway, yeah. So I think, I think that's really sound advice going into the holidays is, is how can I, how can I add things? And then that does, um, give us the opportunity to be still be free to enjoy Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, remembering the things, remembering like I have unconditional permission to come back and have another cookie if I want to, or some things that I, that I notice are really important with, um, like being able to pay attention more to our body and like stop when like eating more is going to make us uncomfortable or make us not feel well are like, learning how to make some fun things or like having access to them. Right. So if there's, if there's a pie that your mother-in-law only makes once a year and you really enjoy it, it's really good. And like it happens during the holidays and you were at a party last night and you had pie and you're going to a thing tomorrow and you know, there's going to be stuff, but like you only get one chance to eat your Mm -hmm. mother-in-law's pie And like, so you're going to eat two pieces, even though that's not going to feel good. Like, would it help you stop at a place of like comfortable fullness with that pie if you could cut a piece and freeze it and put it in your freezer Mm -hmm. for another time? Or if she shared the recipe with you and you knew you could make it for yourself or If you said, hey, mother-in-law, I absolutely adore this pie and I would love to have it more often. Like when you make this one, would you make me a second one as my Mm -hmm. Christmas gift that I can Mm -hmm. put in the freezer? Like equip, like if you know you can have it later, it's so much easier to say, I'm good for now. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to defeat that scarcity mentality. Yeah. Yeah. The only, the only other thing I'm thinking about just, and we need to close up here, but I'm thinking about the food police mm-hmm. the, and, and it's not so much at this point in my intuitive eating journey. It's not so much the food police tell me I shouldn't be eating that thing, but it's that the food police count for me. <laughs> How many I've eaten. They're very good at math. Okay. Um, and, and so, and, and then the spiral goes from like, oh, you had three. Oh, three is, oh, three is not that many. Most people would have four. 
And then it's like, you know, then there's the whole like serving size um, mental games, right? Like, oh, serving size two. Well, okay, four is two servings. Yeah, what do those serving size people know? But then the food police, they, you know, they just keep counting. And then if you have six, it's like, oh boy, you really overdid it with six. And that's how you get back to the dieter um, pitfall of, well, I already had six. Screw it. I'll just... Mm -hmm. the whole bag since I had to stop counting after six, right? Yeah. So I just noticed that you were comparing your Mm -hmm. cookie eating to the serving size on the box and you compared your cookie eating to the average person's cookie eating in your brain. Mm -hmm. You compared your cooking to your cookie Mm -hmm. eating to what you think is the normal cookie eating. Um, So what if you just tuned in to your body? with the cookie eating. Yeah. I should study comparison. (laughs) I should get on that. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good. That's a really, a really good observation. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Heather, what you're doing with that is you're trying to put a judgment on your amount. You're like ascribing an external value and giving that meaning when none of that matters. Like it's irrelevant what other people are doing because maybe you're actually still hungry then and maybe you haven't had enough and you only know that you only know if it's good for you by listening to your body in that moment so comparison for that situation doesn't even give you any relevant information at all it's just totally not helpful um, in figuring out what is good for you what would nourish you what would meet your needs and help you um, love others well in that day yeah that's good The on that day is what I was getting at, Erin, is it's going to be different daily and it's going to be different depending on like what's going on, you know, like, are you eating the cookies after you haven't eaten for three hours and like this this is your snack? Mm -hmm. You might eat four or five cookies, right? Mm -hmm. Or are you eating the cookies after you just had a pretty balanced meal with fat and protein and veggies? Like, you'll probably be satisfied after just a couple of cookies. So yeah. kind of recognizing that there's no, there's no cookie policy <laughs> that two cookies is good and, and three is fair and four is bad, right? <laughs> there's no cookie policy. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, thank you guys so much for your help, uh, especially going into this holiday season. It's a big, a big time for, anyone with food issues trying to do intuitive eating or not um, to, you know, to really process some of the stuff. So I really appreciate y'all being here today. Tell everyone where they can connect with you. Um, So you can find um, the intuitive eating for Christian women podcast at intuitive eating for Christian women.com. You can find all of our online courses there. Um, And if you're looking for one-on-one coaching, um, I'm taking clients currently at intuitivewellnessprograms.com. Awesome. And I'll have all the links to that in the show notes. Well, y'all, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas. And thank you for listening today to my deepest, darkest secrets and another intuitive eating coaching call. And I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye.
Oh, hey there. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to comparetohu.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at comparetohu.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the start here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Have you ever attempted to read the entire Bible? Did you do it, or did you only make it part way? I'm John Stonge, and I host a podcast that will make it possible for you to make it through the entire Bible, one chapter at a time. I've been hosting the Chapter a Day Audio Bible Podcast since 2015, and every single day of the week, I read one chapter of Scripture, then follow that up with a time of prayer. And if you're looking for daily insights and inspiration directly from God's Word, I hope you'll give the Chapter a Day Audio Bible a listen. You can find it at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.